9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everyone, to a brand new episode of Go Quarantine Yourself, the show that Go Plug Yourself evolved into when all of this COVID-19 madness started. This is episode six, aka episode 200 and something, if you're keeping the Go Plug Yourself timeline together. Uh, In this episode, uh, Lawrence and Chris uh, join me to talk about Game of Thrones. It's hard to believe, considering everything that's happened between now and then, that it was only a year ago uh, around now that uh, Game of Thrones came to an end with the uh, the final season that was divisive, to say the least. Uh, so we do a bit of a retrospective on Game of Thrones. Uh, we all watched it. Uh, we all enjoyed it. Was it one of the best shows of all time? Maybe. Uh, was it one of the worst last seasons of all time? Maybe. Uh, we have some differing opinions, and that's what makes the world go around. If you enjoy the show, share the show, tell your friends about the show. We're all in lockdown, so there's a lot of time to listen to podcasts, so please uh, tell people about it and enjoy it. Bye. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself. We're not talking about cooking. I learned something about the cuisine every time. So you told the, the chickens got to relax. You're the like chickens chicken, got to relax. What, what's yeah. your problem? Relax. Okay, so I, I went to the I went to the vet the other day because my cat was super sick, and oh, one no. of the things the vet asked me. And I want to. I need to write this as a joke, but like the vet was like, "Is the cat stressed?" I was like, I was, <laughs> "You know what I mean?" I want to be. I want to be in the room and be like, "Yeah, he's lost a lot in the stock market." Like a really fucking. Yeah. It's yeah. It's so weird. You're like, oh, like animals can have anxiety, and you're like, while well, I get it, you're like, sure. how do I know? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. He, what do you think the dog sleeps. is worried about? I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a he dog. Sleeps and, the the cat sleeps and eats all day. Like, what are you? What stress is there in his life? Does, does he have any new other cats around? No, he hangs out inside. He doesn't interact he keeps, with anybody except for He keeps the Googling the new cases of COVID and it's really getting to him. <laughs> but yeah, he's really worried about Brazil's uptick. He's very he's like, Why are they opening up stores? Yeah. <laughs> Why are there so many people in the park? What's going on, boys? Unbelievable. I'm good. How are you? No, he just watched the finale of Thrones. You, you, you do rewatch the finale of Game of Thrones? No, actually, I rewatched it a couple months ago before COVID started. I rewatched the last two seasons. Oh. Why? Why? Of uh, I'm I'm trying to understand. Um, because on first watch they were very enjoyable television viewing experiences. The last, two but then seasons. the internet gives you. This is why we thought I thought it'd be the last the last two seasons uh we're not hot take right mm-hmm. off the top are we recording not as bad as everyone says yeah oh, yeah this is we're jumping yeah. into it oh, we're recording. <laughs> oh okay i've been i've been i've been uh, just shooting the shit with keith it's in my pocket i segued, I, I segued into throws yeah i don't even pay attention we're recording on the good we're only recording for about like two minutes so mo- mo- most okay. of most of our dnd talk was cut good. I, yeah hopefully today. hopefully you start recording after all my yeah, racial slurs okay. yeah exactly Whoa, Whoa, Walter's not on today's <laughs> Did you see that? Like, where he was like, oh, it'd be nice to be invited sometimes. I, I was like, yeah, he's yeah, a punk. Immediately, I was like, sure, we're getting together at six. We're going to be talking about Fuck Game that. of Thrones. Fuck that. Yeah. We Fuck had a farewell show for you. Yeah. 
<laughs> this is ours now, Walter. Also, he's literally been on half the shows that we've done since quarantine. <laughs> Walter's not alive if he's not if he's not like he's like he's like Michael Jordan in a sense where he always needs a motivating yeah. factor. What's in it you know, to get him through the day? When I think of Walter, I often make the J- Michael Jordan parallel too. I often look at him. Yeah, like, oh. hey, I mean, it's, yeah. it's very few people. Dedication to the craft. <laughs> Getting infuriatingly angry at the smallest perceived slight. Yeah, definitely, definitely draw that. Is there some parallels there? Not athletically, or <laughs> even like uh, in terms of achievements? Because n- n- no, it's definitely not there. But in, in the incessant need to always have to pretend that everyone's against you. Yeah, they're they're very much similar. Yeah, but that's where the motivation. That's, comes that's his from. process exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, like Jordan it's a, when the when the, gonna, bull, when the coach fight, didn't say hello to him. He's like. And that's all I needed. That's all I needed <laughs> means the next game he was going to score like 100,000 points. Like, fuck. Exactly. <laughs> that's when I decided to make it personal. Yeah. Oh, so, um, yeah, we did talk about this um, in advance. Right, we are going to talk about Game of Thrones. Uh, Chris, you will watch the last two. I will say, and it like a pain, I, I really did not enjoy later seasons of Game of Thrones, but I will say that there is a world where the last two seasons are fine and it's a world where the first five seasons didn't happen like i don't think the last two seasons are bad in a like vacuum i think they're bad as the final two seasons of the show that preceded them like if it was just like a fun fantasy popcorn action kind of adventure the last two seasons are fine but the show wasn't that and it became that in the last two seasons that's my like take Corver, thoughts? Sorry, I was chewing on a cookie. Okay. Oh, oh. Because <laughs> yeah. I asked, no, Keith, no, I asked no. Keith if we were recording, and he said yes, and I had already mentally prepared myself to eat a cookie. So I'm like, I'm You're not like, going to I can't pivot away from this. I'm not strong enough. I'm eating a cookie in the next five minutes, and I don't care what's happening. And that's a parallel for Lawrence and I. We are very, Michael Jordan. This is a very professional podcast. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would agree that in a vacuum, they're fine. But if you look at the actual drop-off from the quality and the expectations that you built. You're a victim of the expectations you built, either when you do something for yourself or when something happens and you enjoy it. So that has to kind of move forward as you go on in a series, right? Breaking Bad like finished a story on a high note. The Sopranos had a beautiful ending. The Wire had a beautiful ending. If you're going to be mentioned in the same breath and follow the same kind of energy and flow of these shows yeah. you have to finish fucking strong dude because people yeah, are going to reflect on this show in a way now that's not favorable people are going to reflect on this show and go man game of thrones is seven seasons but really you know the first five are fucking killer and then eh. it's not going to be yeah, mentioned exactly. like, breath when it should be. About season six, though. Season six is a very that, good season it's okay it's stumbling mm. it's definitely stumbling so i you would I like see... okay go Go, go, go. No, I was going to say, I was like, you start, like, to me, like, here's the thing that started in season six is Battle of the Bastards is season six, right? Which is a great episode. It's a, except. So, I mean, I guess, okay. so here, I, I like, there's two things I want to say before I get into the Battle of the Bastards. One, listener, this episode is going to be about Game of Thrones. And two, if for some reason you haven't watched it, we're definitely spoiling the shit out of Game of Thrones. So I mean, it's been. It's why been are we doing? Year, yeah. Why are we doing the Game of Thrones? Why are we doing Game of Thrones? Because it's the one year anniversary. It? 
Well, you mentioned it, and then no one had a better idea. So we're like, I guess we're doing this. I've done zero I also, research. I have opinions. Yeah. <laughs> but so yeah, so Battle I, of the Bastards. I, at one point, at one point, Keith and I said we were going to do a rewatch podcast where we go over every all episode. of it. We yeah. should. We still should. Anyway, well, I, I don't know if you I'm saw. Probably, uh, I do um, uh, like friend friend of the show and and very funny person, Elspeth Wright. Uh, had a had a little thing going on Instagram for a little while where uh, she was like, "I'm watching shows backwards," and she's like, "Wow, Game of Thrones gets better and better." Like, That's funny. <laughs> if you're watching it backwards, and I think the other one was like Breaking Bad, where you're like, "I like the way that Walter White, um, like you know, like sees the error in his ways and does like less and less crime as the show progresses, yeah. and then <laughs> gets like, super sick at the end too." <laughs> and then gets cancer at the end. You're like, oh, yeah, it's cancer. Yeah. yeah, that's such a horrible arc. Like he redeems himself through uh, doing better things, and then you know what? He gets cancer. It's cosmic. Yeah, less and less crime, then catches cancer. But anyway, yeah. but um, but yeah, no. But the Game of Thrones thing, like, so Battle of the Bastards was to me as a viewer <laughs> like a turning point because the entire and like and this is I, it's kind of simplifying it, but the entire show that you were watching for five seasons had the the aura of bad things can happen to good people, and if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, you're screwed. And it doesn't matter if you're a hero or whatever, or a villain, it's just like wrong place, wrong time, you're done. That was like very much the, like, the stakes that were on display in Game of Thrones. And yeah. at Battle of the Bastards, Outside of Rickon, who had skipped a season, so it doesn't count as a real main character, and a villain, nobody dies. Like, they don't kill Davos. They don't kill uh, Tormund. Like, I'm, I'm not necessarily saying main right. characters. I'm like, these guys are, are like, side characters at best. N not every guy with a name and a, and a credit in the, in the closing credits should get out of the Battle of the Bastards alive, like, in my opinion. And I'm not so, saying like so, so there wasn't enough high profile deaths. And and I'm not necessarily life. saying like, oh, you need to kill people, but the rules are if you're in a bad place at the wrong time, getting yeah. out of it isn't like assured. You know, I'm well, not I saying like, oh, there needs to be a body count to every scene, but I was like, right. you had Jon Snow buried in corpses. Yeah. And none of them were main characters. That's lucky. You know, like it was just it was a weird like shift where I was like, oh, people now have like plot armor on and that i mean i think but the first couple seasons of, of game of thrones were the idea is that they're dismantling plot armor right yeah like the, when, when ned stark gets murdered i was, was watching it that was like four in the morning and i was like oh, i'll just watch episode nine and then i'll check episode 10 and in my brain because i've been brought up on uh, cartoons and video games and comic books, I'm thinking he's the main character. He's going to get Absolutely. sent to the Black Watch or get sent to jail and then break out and have a big redemption arc and I love this character and I'm all excited and I already have the fun. Exactly. Robot. And that's that's the... And that's like it happens in the books and it happens in the show. That entire yep. first season slash first book is setting you up to be like Ned Stark is the main character of the show. But guess yeah. what? A couple bad decisions and you're in the wrong place at the wrong time and the rules don't apply to you. You're not protected anymore. And that was what like and that was what yeah. made everybody like sit up and take notice of the show was you're like, oh, this is not yeah. a normal fantasy show. The rules don't apply. And For then sure, in the later you, seasons, when you watch James Bond, when you watch a James Bond movie. James he's Bond is dying. fine. He's fine. He's, <laughs> he's going to be okay. He's not dying. 
Yeah, when you watch, you know what I mean? When you watch Batman and Superman, they're not dying. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. as much as they've done, like, Death of Superman and shit like that, like, that's fine. But, like, in a show formatted like this, it really, you know, subverted expectations. Yeah. I just feel like when you get to that late in it, whether or not a character dies is almost moot because you know the stakes are real because they've built a track yeah. record of killing off Ned and killing off Rob and killing off all of these main characters, quote-unquote, depending on... You know, just like a, a story with this kind of scope. But, you know, so for me, that wasn't really a, a takeaway or a negative because the, the yeah. stake still felt real. It's like these guys all survived, right? Yeah. Chris? I also, I, I feel, here's the thing. Um, <laughs> saying there wasn't a, a big enough character death in the Battle of the Bastards really only highlights our obsession with just random shock deaths that we have in television right now. It's it's aching. Like, it, I'll give you if you don't like the last two seasons. I'm not, I disagree. I, I'm saying, hold on, hold on, okay, hold on, hold on. on. I, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. If you're going to tell me that the Battle of the Bastards uh, could have been better if we killed fucking Thormund, Keith, <laughs> brother, I got to push back. Because so, that episode, they deserved a win. Storytelling. Sure. Storytelling. Also... If it's we can great, point and out. It's, it's, that's one of my favorite episodes. And it's one of those like, if you try to like go back and be like, can you remember like 15, 20 minutes of Game of Thrones? That's one of those things. Like I was like on the edge of my seat, and 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 I know it's it's weird. I'm not like, I, and I do agree with the certain like, there's like a fetishizing element to just killing off main characters or whatever. And I'm like, I, like I said, it, which is gross. Which is goes back to Lawrence's earlier point about it's a victim of its own success. Thrones was a victim of its own success in that regard but, because they've been so successful in killing off. But major then characters. what happened as a result? So I was like, okay, it was weird that there was no serious maybe repercussions to the I, main. But I think that's like. But here's the thing: that's a glossed over point. But so I I, I just want to jump in there because the yeah. whole battle of bastard starts with Rickon getting shot down. So for as sure. much as you're like, as you're like, oh, he wasn't in the last season. But if you think about the the character arc, yeah, he's yeah. the baby it's... of the the family. He he, you know, they think he's dead because Theon fucks around, and then he's revealed to be alive. And yeah. they had the opportunity because, in theory, he was a character who could have been something. Could have been, been a, a big political deal. Yeah. And then the fact that he was taken away, and that's another one of John's failures. Yeah, he's an but arc then... in John's story, right? Like. Like, Rickon doesn't need to be top 10 on the call sheet yeah. no. <laughs> uh, for, for four years in no. a row to have his his death mean something. But then, yeah. so, but, and like, I'm just saying that that moment, I was like, eh, I was like, I was a little weird. But then, my, that's weird. That's, that's weird. It's weird that it's not the next episode, uh, the sec, uh, the seventh episode, that's where, oh, this is weird. It's weird that the Battle of the Bastards are like, you know, I don't know about this show. I'm not killing enough people. Yeah. But then but I will say, the cinematic oh, masterpiece we just watched, I don't know about because, it. But I was just like, but here, Okay. But in retrospect, when we look back, the thing that makes the Battle of the Bastards weird is when you have the Night King attack Winterfell after that, and then people don't die in that one either. Right. Or like, but you I know, you have very that, few deaths, right? So it's just like, it, was, then it gets the, the point. point yeah, that was the point. Battle of the Bastards was, it, I wasn't like, eh, the show sucks or whatever. I was not like saying that post. And mm -hmm. it would have been okay. And where, like, and again, this is like a hindsight thing, like obviously watching the rest of it, if sure. like Tormund or Davos or whatever had like another 
part of the story, but they didn't. They just hung around for another two seasons. So it's like but if that, they're gonna that's the thing, like they didn't. If they're gonna, they, you know, if they're gonna live, that's cool. I'm like thumbs up. But, but like now, make them have some agency in the storytelling. All the characters, all the characters in the last two seasons, didn't get a hanging proper out. ending. Yes. Yeah. They, all the characters who ended up dying or completing their arc before the last two seasons had come full circle, had kind of meaningful arc. It's the yeah. characters that were supposed to be in the end game. They were supposed to be the last couple moves on the board. These guys didn't get their props, right? And you think about all the wasted potential. Like Littlefinger, they played his part and they ended it perfectly and it yeah. was done, right? But then someone like Varys, you fucked up. Tormund, you fucked up. Um, what was his Dude, name? I, Sorry, I, Davos, I, you fucked up. Like hot, all these guys. Hot, hot, hot take. Like I'll take. I feel there was a better ending for Tyrion if he died at some point. Because like t- watching Tyrion's degradation in the last season, where uh, Tyrion should have survived, but, no, you could, I, I'll no, but where he survives and then like stops being clever, starts having blind faith, and starts being a dumb shit was worse for me to watch than if there was like a gut wrenching death for him. Like his his last like t- like final season Tyrion made me like sad for the character. Like, right. Yeah, but don't you can't you see that Tyrion, through what's happened over the course of the series, became less clever, became less witty because of all the terrible things that he was a part of. Whether it was him killing his father or his ancestral oh. fucking brother and sister, uh, and, and, and the kids all and his nieces and nephews all dying. Hey, like these are we don't Chris, take these into you don't consideration. Even, you, you don't even you didn't even read the books, eh? So oh, the Tyrion oh, arc in the book. I was waiting for what was going to come out. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah. Thankfully, early on in the podcast, Chris, Chris, you didn't even read the books. Could be like a, a promo banner. <laughs> a I promo, use. Chris, you didn't even read the books. You're like, nah, not since grade school. The um, the the thing about Tyrion, I read articles. Read, yeah, you read the headlines of an article. The thing is with this character. <laughs> Tyrion was got treated so much even worse in the book. Like when when the mm-hmm. the King's Guard like attacks him, he loses his whole nose and he has like a gaping hole in his face for the rest of the show. Yeah, and also, yeah, they just as opposed to a sexy scar that he gets in the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, and also when him and Davos are like returning back, not Davos, sorry, Jorah Mormont, they get like kidnapped and like sold into slavery, like branded, and he becomes like a jester. Like you know what I mean? Like and it becomes like and he starts to see like even worse things than what he was like because like even though like he's been in danger a couple times in the show he like really got like very poorly treated for a long period of the books where he was like sold into slavery and then like when jorah comes out in the pit and danny's like no free him like he's there too like he's like has to fight other little people and he falls in love with like a little peasant and he has to explore his own feelings about the way he's treated other people. So there's even a more redeeming character arc that already exists for him that they didn't do. Yeah. You know what I mean? So this yeah. is part of the frustration. Yeah. It's one of the things like the, the final season also has the thing of they're like, well, she's the queen. What are we supposed to do? And I was like, I think the entire point of this is that exactly. you're like, you're building an uprising against the wheel and against the, this. Yeah. And it was like, and then, and then so many characters, Jon Snow, Tyrion, so on and so forth. They're just like, well, she's the queen. What can you do? And I'm like, what was the, the point premise. of the show? Yeah, the whole <laughs> you know, premise I'm of like... the show is them standing up against kings they don't believe in or kings that don't serve the people, right? Like, yeah, the literal, like, well... the literal first part of the show is John Aaron being murdered, suspected yeah. murdered, and yeah. and 
uh, I almost said Troy Stark for a second, but Ned Stark. <laughs> Troy Stark is a good man, friend of the show, one of my D and D compatriots. Montreal recasting, recasting Game of Thrones, but only recasting Game of Thrones. Forget exactly. That, he has the outfit too and the sword, so we're good. Um, nice. So yeah, but when they kill off John Aaron and Ned Stark has to go down to the capital, it's to stop the Lannisters and to co- like cover Baratheon because he knows that people are going to fuck with the actual yeah. and, king and, and the pri- crown and, and the power, right? So And prior to the show even starting was the Baratheons uprising against the Targaryens. Like it's this whole yes. supposed to be like a, like tearing down the halls of power and then you have these savvy characters like your your Tyrion and your Jon Snow and whatever being like, "Well, your she's little the finger shrug." Like, yeah. yeah, but the last season, that was the thing that drove me up the wall was they were like, "Okay, well, maybe." And and admittedly, yes, who is it? It's Varys who does try to to take her out and poison her, but then it's up there. But it's but like, what a what a fucking bitch way to go for for such a good character. Oh yeah, what a horrible way to go, right? Like the dude gets eaten by a dragon, he gets caught. The spy master, who's who's literally, they literally set him up throughout the story as he's lasted through the Targaryen reign, through the Baratheon reign, now through and a third reign, fourth really, fourth really. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Through the Lannisters, yeah. And well, the Lannister is Baratheon, right? But well, yeah, uh, but, like, technically. But I'm just saying, but it was still like another. He's he's yeah he's another served, regime served, for sure. He served like. Four, Six king. queen, four, four kings and a queen, or whatever the fuck. Yeah, at the end yeah, of it, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. And 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 through their shifting allegiances or whatever, he's like been good with all of them. But then for some reason, he can't handle Danny, even though he's dealt with like the Mad King and Robert Baratheon, who were who were equally or more so hard to deal with than Danny. Right. Yeah. So that's the whole thing that I didn't like. Is like you have all these good characters, and we've seen it before, like with Davos who was committed to Stannis, and then when Stannis started acting out of character and not in a way that was consistent with Davos's values, he had to yeah, you're like, cut and run. <laughs> yeah. and, and that yeah. also was fucked up because Stannis, sorry, Chris, in the books was so much better of a character and so much deeper and so much wealthier in terms of like an actual story arc than him just yeah. being a prick on the show for no reason and killing his daughter. Yeah, killing his own daughter. Like, Holy shit. Chris, so you rewatched the last two seasons. So anyway, we're doing this because this was last year where Game of... I know it seems like it was like five years ago. Yeah, I know. I watched it at Chris's house, I think. Oh. The finale? The finale, finale, yeah. No, or one of the last episodes. Yeah, we watched it together. The last... The last two episodes we watched, you came yeah. over for. We did a we did a we did a watch party for. I, um, we had you on back back to back weeks. Yeah. yeah, we 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 did a watch party for the um the Battle of Winterfell, and I don't think the like the the winds were taken out of my like I was like they're gonna fix it and it's gonna it's gonna come <laughs> together and it's gonna be the best ending or whatever like the winds came out of my personal fandom sails in such a hard way at the battle of winterfell like i just i that that episode i was like well i'm gonna watch the next couple episodes because there's only like five left but i was literally like if that had happened in like season two or three i probably would have been yeah exactly but if that had happened in like season two or three i would have been like i'm done i'm like you can't it's the a heavy plot armor yeah Yeah. and b the complete like just well the night king is just garbage 
<laughs> like you built up this super villain for seven seasons, then he's like, "Oops, I got stabbed in the back. I'm done." You got stabbed in I the front. Like, yeah, but it was. <laughs> hey, hold on. Uh, nah, I mean, go ahead, Rob. Go ahead, Well, I was going to ask Chris because he's recently rewatched them. Yeah. Do these seasons land differently, or do you have any new points or new takes because you've re- watched them so recently? It's so fresh for you. For the Battle of Winterfell, for me, that was the high point of the final season. The entire two ep- the s- episode two and three, or th- sorry, three, um, like honestly, <laughs> episode two and three are, is the high point for me of the last two seasons of the last season. Um, but how does it the compare? Chaos, to the, rest of the, the Night show? King was about to win. The Night King was about to win. He had everything destroyed. Uh, the dragon was going to take care of John. Plenty of characters were, were killed off. Uh, plenty of like the men that were destroyed. Uh, he was about to win, and then it was uh, honestly one of the most shocking, out of nowhere moments I can remember in in television, where she pops out of nowhere and stabs him. That was a that was a cool moment. It was a bit of fan service, sure. But he was about to win, so it's not like he's like, "Oh, the Night King just sucks because he died." He was, he almost won the whole thing. I could, I would have rather that played out over a couple episodes than one, sure. Yeah, but uh, I, I thought there was the so, time to do that. Yeah, like, like it kind of it sucked because someone was just talking about like, um, like weird things that like could have been done differently and weren't without necessarily changing how the story was actually told. And they were just sort of like, mm. if you took the Battle of Winterfell and for some reason, like, cut it together with, say, some, like, high-level, like, meeting of the small council or whatever else, like, something that also could be happening in real time, and you took, like, two episodes to do it, and you're cutting back and forth between, like, political intrigue that's happening in real time and the Battle of Winterfell that's happening at real time, you're like, that, that duality would have, like, to your point been like really cool and you would have been on the edge of your seats and it would have been that weird like thing that happens in return of the jedi when there's like three different things going on at the same time right. where there's like yeah. the face fight but, and there's luke like uh, confronting palpatine and there's the fight on endor and you're like it keeps cutting back and forth and you're like all of these things are intense i think yeah. that if you didn't have a whole episode devoted to the battle of winterfell but like could cut back and forth between something else happening in real time. I think as a viewer, but, I would have been like, what's going on? You know, like but I think, I think game of Thrones set themselves up to have that one. They always have that one big episode every season that just focuses on one part of the plot and they stick with it for an hour and it's fucking huge. Right. And yeah. It's usually a battle. I would have liked to see, yeah. And like episode nine, right. The whole episode nine thing or the second to last episode or whatever the case was. Yeah. I, I really wanted it to see in the end. I think they should have done, and I know they said time constraints, and we're going to go work on Star Wars and whatever the fuck, but I really would have liked to see, which they didn't end up doing, which is stupid in itself, if they did one whole season just dealing dealing with the Night King. You do one season, just everyone deals with the Night King, and then once that threat is done, you have one last season, and whoever's left has to politic and fight and do bullshit to end up with the throne after that is resolved. Because I think condensing them both into the same season you didn't really get a, a satisfying payoff for either of the storylines. You didn't get a satisfying so I, payoff and for for the political intrigue or the actual big bad threat. You know. So I have a um, a two a, a a question that has a, a two part question for the both of you. 
Have either of you ever played the Game of Thrones board game from Fantasy Flight Games? Nope. No. So before I get into that, oh, we're gonna are we get gonna to go play game? the fantasy? Are we gonna go play the board game when all of this is over, boys? Is what I'm saying. I mean, I, do I mean, I, I think I think that's a that's an easy podcast episode. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's a long that. game. <laughs> it's we'll edit. We'll edit. You'll edit. You're the cut one. Cut it down. We'll edit. Buddy. But there's there's we'll, something that's yeah, really, we'll really edit. interesting. Me and Lauren saying we'll edit to that. It's like when my mom says, "Hey, are, are we <laughs> gonna take out the garbage <laughs> later?" <laughs> yeah, exactly right. We'll edit it. <laughs> We'll edit it. The three of us. The three of us. You know, will one edit. of us is stronger in editing, and one that takes the lead. You know, that would be helpful. But we'll yeah. edit. You know, we'll be fine. <laughs> but there's a. It's it's a it's a pretty complex game. It takes like three or four hours to play. But one of my favorite things about the game is that it focuses on the like the families of Westeros, and you're like doing all of these like almost like risk style like combat moves, and then you can like. <clears throat> like the default is usually like if equal forces kind of like meet each other they just sort of bounce and no one takes any damage but then mm-hmm. like where the where the core i guess like gameplay mechanic is you can assist people right so like you're say lully you're gonna go invade chris if you Goddamn guys have right. equal forces you're just gonna bounce and it's gonna be nothing all i need to do is just put a little bit of my like influence into backing right. one of you and you'll get yeah. the win so it encourages so when the, a lot when of the like, house of Aaron, when the house of Aaron starts flying the blue eagle over the yeah, hills, exactly. I'm like, oh yeah, fuck this guy up. That's yeah, huge. exactly. That's it, and and that's and that's yeah. where like the basically like it's it's the core game mechanic of it is risk, but you can kind of help each other out. So it encourages a lot of the like Game of Thrones style like politics, right? But then there's this other thing that happens. It's the game was made, I think, around season three or whatever but there's like the wildling threat from the North and it's like, it's just this random like deck that comes out and you need to spend some of your resources like as a table, but like as a table where you're like, okay, we're five people who are all trying to like screw with each other and we need to spend some of our resources to like match a certain point of like defending the threat. And if you don't, they like breach the wall and shit gets screwed up for everybody. So you're like, but it's the same resources that you're normally trying to like fight every other person at the table with. You now right. need to like pool your collective resources to fight this thing. And it was like, I really enjoyed that in the board game because you're like, someone would low bid and then everybody gets mad at that one person who low bid because the wall just fell, you know? And it was right. like this thing they captured in a board game that I feel they didn't handle well in a TV show, which well, was the, like, I think like, you're like, why? Yeah, go ahead. Like when when they have the like, they show the weird death thing to Cersei, and then she yeah. doesn't help them, and then eventually that has like very well, little repercussion or like yeah, no exactly. Right? You're right, but she dies like but, standing in the castle, like refusing but not to because take the, the wall fell. Yeah, she doesn't. Exactly. If she got killed by one of those things. That made it to, through the north all the way down to the capital. That's like way different than the thing caved in because Danny was pissed off at her, and Danny wasn't pissed off at her because of her inaction on that front. Yeah, exactly. That that that's the weird again. The weird thing that and and I don't know like as um as I guess people know uh the books the books end at somewhere in season five. Yeah, basically. 
right? So it's like there's stuff that happens in season yeah, five. George, that George the book, book. But like if somewhere towards one, the end of season five is when they. If there's one thing we could. Uh... Chris, you're oh, breaking up. Yeah, sorry, am I back? You're back. My internet. My internet. Um, you're all good. You're good. You're good. You're if good. there's one thing that I think people could really spend more time shitting on is the fact that George hasn't finished the book. Because there's, if you're not, if, if he even. Yeah, that is a real. Because the brand thing, let me tell you, that's not Benioff and Weiss that came up with that. <laughs> that's, that's a Jordan, the, the brand thing at the, the end. Brand, that's brand a, being that's in a charge George of the. Thing. Let's be real. The yeah. Danny going, Danny going bad. Um. Sure, but if they no, I'm not it. saying they're good moves or they were well explained. I'm saying th these were outlined. But but the thing is, I, I yeah, but I think yeah, they, they, the I think they got they got George R. R. Martin's like napkin at a bar notes. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's the thing because they told him when he when he signed the contract for the show and they've done this in interviews is Benahoff and Weiss got the whole story, including the ending that hadn't been written. So they knew the again, end game in case he died or something. Was that, up was, th was, that, was that drunk George R. R. Martin being like, so here's what happens and explaining it yeah, over and over? And Tyrion says some shit about a story and everyone just agrees. And then he's they're in gonna charge! Laugh. Yeah, they're going to laugh about democracy and then everyone moves on. And like, you know, but I, I think I think if you, because if you, if you, the, the two last seasons, which are shorter, if you, if you build this Danny's descent into madness, and you build the sense of necessity of Bran feeling he has to take the thrones because he can see the outcomes being worse or anything like that, then sure, that's absolutely viable, right? But if you're missing those kind yeah. of key elements, it just looks like people just shoving solutions at people. Like, it looks like you played Mad Libs and you're like, the king will be Bran in a wheelchair. Like, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have the gravitas that the show is built to expect. All right, Chris. So you were telling me that I uh, should not be allowed to want nice things for shows that I enjoy. That's not what I said. Um, <laughs> it's what I heard, though. It's what, yes. it's what you the, wanted that's what to hear. Heard. That's what my heart heard. My point was this, is that ultimately we, we have to accept the fact that certain shows won't end the way we want. So much is that you never know the ending. It could be predetermined. Yeah, but how much? It could be favored. Is it when your team wins? It's not like saying, "Oh, well, my team lost the Super Bowl, which they did two years ago, so now I'll never watch them again." They're trash. It's kind of yeah. a weird take. So sure, um, but it's different. It, but because I, there's but a there's... finality to TV and movies with sports. You're just like, next year, ah, we're gonna get them. But They're gonna the rebuild, right? There's a finality to that team, though, so you you appreciate that team. There's not a finality yeah, to the show. The stuff. show will exist in in television history forever, and you can't take away what the show achieved in the first six years of the show and say it doesn't matter because the last two seasons didn't happen the way some fans, a lot of fans liked it, but a lot of fans didn't. I, and I, I don't think, I don't think people are necessarily upset at the outcomes. Yeah. I, I think I people are upset with the process. Mm. Game of Thrones has always been, fuck, that sucked that that just happened, but man, this story is so compelling. So I think mm. 
if your favorite person didn't end up on the Iron Throne or didn't survive, I think we're kind of, you know, we're going to be cool with it, but just give us a really good story. And I yeah. think that's what they kind of missed the mark on at the end of in the last two seasons specifically. Yeah, I would, yeah, exactly. I would say so. I mean, I think we, we already talked about this in the earlier. Uh, but yeah, just sort of like some of the inconsistency of the characters. Like, I think, well, what do you call it? Like, you're the Montreal, uh, one Montreal's favorite YouTube child, uh, Ryan George on Pitch Meeting, did the, the, the last season of Game of Thrones thing. And he was like, one of the lines that like stuck out was, when they were just sort of like, oh, like a dragon gets killed by one of those like dragon killing spear things. And they're like, well, nothing could stop that. Next season, dragons are like, get out of here. And just like yeah. toast, toasts hundreds of them. And you're like, but one of them just killed the dragon. Well, that dragon was surprised. Now that the dragon's not surprised, you could totally just dodge all of them. You know, like stuff like that, I found like jarring as a viewer. Like, and again, it wasn't like there was like a thing where, oh, we made this improve. Like so much of the sh- first five, six years of the show was like meticulous in like stuff happening and it had been set up to happen that way. And you're like, well, I guess that's how, like to your point, Lawrence, that's how the game plays out. Like, whereas stuff in the last, in the last season, I mean, was it a question of, yeah, they took eight episodes to probably do what could have easily been two seasons because people wanted to maybe actors wanted to get on with their lives and showrunners wanted to get on to their other lucrative contracts. Maybe, maybe if that like the, the that last season had room to breathe and they could have taken some time with it, wouldn't have, wouldn't have had that like bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. It's fair. I don't know. I don't know. I, as a, I, as, I think. Go ahead, Lars. Yeah, I was gonna say like, I don't know. I'm just I. It's I. I, I we talked about this before. Just victims of your own expectations, really. Mm-hmm. And I think. When you have something so successful, you gotta really treat it carefully, right? Like if you look at other bad endings, like people were bitching about the ending of Dexter or whatever the fuck. It's Lost. not something that was being built to in one direction for like almost a decade. You know what I mean? I think it yeah. has a different kind of social yeah, like De- plot. Dexter was also Dexter. I think was one of those ones where it was very much victim of its own success because like each season of Dexter is kind of self-contained. Like yeah they weren't really building a, a whatever it was a seven or eight season mega arc other than it happened to be about the same dude. Like each season right. was just sort of like, here's a new serial killer. And then it wraps up. So I think that that ending was always going to be spotty because you weren't like, you weren't planning your ending in season one. You were just right. making a new serial killer every season. So that was always, I thought going to be maybe like a, a hard show to end because it was just like, well, there's no more serial killers or whatever. Like, but with a show like Game of Thrones, you do feel that you're writing, like you got the impression that the first season was being written with an ending in mind. You know, like... Yeah. Anyway. Um, Chris, I wanted to ask you, uh, we talked about this a little bit last episode when you were a kid growing up, you weren't necessarily too much into cartoons and all that stuff. Was this your first kind of like foray into like fantasy as a genre? ended up watching season six the finale with my brother and getting so immersed with how crazy it was that i went back and watched the whole series in like three months and then was ready for season seven and eight so i'm not as and this is what i i've talked had this conversation with people before i am a casual i was a casual fan of game of thrones 
um, yeah. as opposed to what. No, I mean, a casual fan that watched like forty episodes in three months—that's a pretty intense. Casual well, no, fan. well, because you people again, we also have a tendency to to shit on people who are quote unquote bandwagoners of things. I was the definition mm. of a bandwagoner when it came to Game of Thrones. Um, mm. And for that matter, I was a bandwagoner when it came to 1997. I'm not going to lie. I was seven years old. Uh, (laughs) But for me, the heart and soul of the show, as a a person who wasn't as well-versed in the show as either of you guys or or the history of the books or the lore, was the Stark family was at the center of the story. And the hardships that they had to overcome as a viewer by the end of the the show's run it was heartwarming and it was it was i was happy to see that the starks ultimately got what they all wanted sansa got the north um john got to live freely um aria got to live freely ish both all ish yeah um yeah 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 i will i would say that the the outside of the brand thing which which again the fact that it happened, everybody like kind of like had the knee jerk. But again, to, to just bring back what we were saying, it's that it was very, I don't think, well set up that the thing with Bran happened. But yeah, to your point, like Sansa, Arya and John, like as far as everything about the the ending went, those three characters, their final moments, I was like, nice. Like that moment where Sansa like throws on the, the thing and is holding court up in Winterfell. You're like, yeah, Sansa, like she did it. Like I think Sansa's probably... Probably, I think the character who matures the most. She's also a ghost in, through the in most. The show. She goes yeah. through the most. Oh, yeah. She shit. the most. Like they all go through bad shit, but she goes through the worst of it. Uh, she had to deal with two yeah. tyrants in Joffrey, and then um, mm-hmm. what's the other guy's name there? Ramsey. Ramsey Bolton. Ramsey Bolton. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Neither of those those two guys are amongst the worst people on television ever. <laughs> like, yeah, like, and and her and her savior was also terrible. Like her savior was Peter Baelish in lots of the like in her like the person who saved her from Joffrey was also yeah. a monster. You know, like exactly like you know. So there's like there's no there wasn't like it took such a long time for that character to get a win that it was like that was genuinely nice to see that it was like she like I mean I think you. She in the whole like I think out of all of the characters in the last season, she was one of the only characters that I enjoyed in the last season because she was like kind of coming into her own as the Lady of Winterfell throughout the final season, and that was one of the only characters that I liked the writing for yeah. in the last season was Santa Stark. And listen, I'm not saying you can't have problems or be upset with how things ended. My problem more is the fact that you're angry because it didn't end the way you wanted it to end. And that, I think, is is a problem of how you see the final season of Game of Thrones because visually and in terms of like how enjoying it was, it was great. Every Sunday for those last six episodes was an event. It was an event. Mm. And that's never happened I, I don't before. Know. I will... It was. It will never will, happen. Like, I don't know. Like I, I think yeah. The closest thing was probably like a, maybe last season of Lost. I think not. Like, was not at that level. To that. Not at that level. Um, probably. I, I mean, know. listen. The weekend. I'll, I'll give you that. The weekend though, Endgame like, came out. The weekend Endgame came out. We had you had to go watch Endgame, and then get episode three of that last season of Game of Thrones. 
And I, I was at yeah. the end of that yeah. weekend, I was like, well, fuck, I'm never going to watch anything again because those two things were great. <laughs> like, honestly, Exhausted they as were a, as entertained. Yeah. I watched television to be entertained. I, I don't know. My, my heart, like, I was already, like, maybe because I'm just shitty. <laughs> but, like, I, like, Game of Thrones Season 7 had already had me, like, being like, what is up? Like, the another a moment one another moment that that bummed me out or like game of seven game of game of sevens you know game of sevens the game of was, seven was uh when the little the elf girl like stops and then like just like throws the bomb and then just like sacrifices herself he- heading up to the hold the door that was moment six. and you're like no. season six yeah so there you go so like late late season six was I think when my I eyebrows started to raise and it was a season because i just thought it was a very like weird hollywood moment like it was a weird sacrifice that she's like no go on and then i was like but those bombs you're throwing you could throw and run but like that's just like shit that like i get i'm fully aware that's nitpicky but i was like Meh. and game of thrones season final season i was so on board with to like be the best thing in the world we like figured out a way like activating like a VPN down in Mexico on our uh, wedding anniversary trip to watch the first episode of the last season. Like, you know, like we're like, this is what we're doing. We're going to find a way we're at a all inclusive resort and we're going to figure out a way to watch HBO because it wasn't like included on the, the hotel package. Cause that's yeah. like the hype level that we were at. It was like, this is something that is not waiting for us. You know, like we're going to watch it live and yeah, it just like I don't think that the ending bothered me as much as just the entire seasons thing. I don't know. Pretty, they're pretty bulletproof. The first one. Yeah, first one's fine. One is a beautiful send off on all the characters. Really, that whole episode is tying up storyline. Is that the one? Is that the one where they're just like hanging? They're just they're hanging getting around ready for the war. Yeah. they're getting ready. That's yeah. it's honestly. But nothing happened. Nothing happened. Yeah, but you know what would have, you know what would have made you know what would have made that episode better? And again, I know we've already talked about it earlier in the episode, but that episode would have been retroactively better if some of those characters died. But see, I just, I always I always <laughs> like everybody, agree with every, that. I'll always agree with that. I know, I know. And I'm not just and exact I, it's just like there's these poignant like, you know, this might be our last night alive. And you're like, Yeah, but other than Barrett Dondarian, it's not really any anyone's last well, no, night alive. I mean, I mean you what's know, his like name? it was just Jorah, like Mor- um Mormont died. Uh, oh yeah, Jorah. Yeah, Jorah and Barrick are the only two as far as I recall. The bloodshed the this, the, the need for bloodshed will never be lost on me. Oh, you know, this shit was soft. They didn't kill like eight people. <laughs> I, yeah, I I know I it sounds crazy, but the fact that that's like what Lawrence was saying, that was the rules of the previous season. You know, like the Red Wedding didn't happen and everybody got out being like, woo, like dodged a bullet there at that Red Wedding. You're like, no, the Red Wedding went down and half the cast got ate it. And you're like, what am I, what is happening? Like Ned yeah. Stark looks like he's going to be the hero of the show and then doesn't yeah, like those, those screw moments are set up and... so that at the end the remaining members of that family could win so you can't kill off the members of that family because i'm not necessarily they killing kill the members off of four that more family. players if none of them were major players in your eyes you would have the same feeling 
Well, I'm not saying like major players, right? It doesn't necessarily need to be like Starks that are eating it at every turn, but I'm like, you're, uh, why did I blank on her name? I, I was convinced Davos was going to die. Yeah, but you, you definitely, I was you convinced have, because he's you, just such a sad character who's literally taken it on the chin the whole show. So yeah. I was like, this is where they finished him off. No, but here's the thing. Jamie dying, they, they give him this big redemption arc, and then his character kind of switches back, and he realizes what he wants most is his sister or whatever, right? And Cersei, yeah. who we see plotting and executing and really taking up such a big part of the show for the last two seasons, just kind of sits in her castle and does nothing. So when she dies, I don't really care as much about her anymore. I don't really want to see her get her comeuppance as much as I did in like season six or season five, where I really wanted her blood. You know what I mean? Which is just like a vicious thing to say, but it's really set up in that way where you want to see people get their comeuppance. Like when Ramsey Bolton, Ramsey Bolton dies in like a very poetic way. Yeah. And it's it's, kind of cool. Pro wrestling booking, right? Like you build up the monster heels. So you have the catharsis when they get taken down and then like, Exactly. And Cersei was just like, eh, okay, whatever. By the young rookie upstart, which is the dragon. <laughs> Push the dragon. Dragon's going over. The dragon's going over, buddy. Yeah. That's true. Uh, she, I I mean, she's buried her father. She's buried all her kids. Mm-hmm. She's uh, The person she loves the most is her brother, which is already just like a fucked up tragedy to begin with. Um, you know, she, she was, her mother died when she was uh, a kid. Uh, she's estranged from her mutant looking other brother. Like she's had a lot of shit Harsh. in her life. What? Peter Dinklage. Crossover baby crossover appeal. All right. <laughs> I will say the one thing, one thing I popped hard for though, was like the Clegane bowl. Like, that was awesome. That was awesome. Clegane Bowl, I was like, when it went down, I was like, Clegane Bowl. And like, everyone's like, yes. And that moment was like, and again, I guess like, if you're going to be the bloodthirsty fan, uh, what's his name? The the fake maester, I think had one of, one of, I think the best final season deaths out of it. Like the show that. Kyburn. Yeah. Kyburn. Kyburn's death was great. Kyburn's death was like. Literally, washed like a bug. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Just like, and that to bring back Lawrence's point. While the, maybe the the weight of Cersei's death didn't land as it would have, mm-hmm. the weight of Kyber's death, like, you were happy to see him die. You were, oh, yeah. You were happy like, to see him die that. and how it went. Like, just being like, yeah. bang. And you're just like, yes, that character, screw that guy. He's gone. Clegane's are going to throw down. Let's go. <laughs> Could I throw one other thing at you guys? And then we'll, Keith. If there weren't so many leaks about that last season. Yeah things would have been different because the leaks ultimately were exactly what happened. Yeah. That's, and I, so, so it affected people's viewing of the, sh- the last season because they already knew what was going to happen. So they were already mad. So they weren't looking at anything good around them. They were just looking at all the things they hated and seeing, Oh, there it is. Oh, fuck you. Uh, you know, how come we didn't get more night King? Like, there's so many th- reasons why I, the last season didn't land, and I think the majority of them are the fact that, A, the creators, uh, along with uh, George R. R. Martin, were clearly not on the same page. 
and George R. R. Martin's uh, incessant need to never do things on time finally caught up to him. Mm-hmm. He 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 deserves to carry a brunt of the criticism here. He's kind of got out of no way scot free, no, but he hasn't so. finished the fucking book. That's not his so problem. So how could you be mad at the story? Not his problem. Not his problem. If he you talk to you. if I write something and you and you tell me Lawrence, we're gonna write uh, a, a TV show about a books you do. And he's been right. First of all, he started writing these books in the fucking nineties. Yeah, dude. It's so he's not. Weird. He's not. He's not like one of those authors who pounds out a book every six months. You know what I mean? So this is not a guy who necessarily gives a shit. He's not going to say no because it's an opportunity to make more money in a decade than he's made in the whole life. And it's not really up to him to finish a story so they have a TV show. He could just say, "Look, this is what happens. Do it right." And although, you know, if he really wanted to, I'm sure he can be as involved or as little or as, as non-involved as he really wanted to be, right? I don't yeah. think people are going to argue with it. Like, he wrote the episodes he wanted to write. He signed off on things. They did episodes of the TV show, like Hard Home, where they don't even mention in the books. It's, like, mentioned, but there's no character POV there. So yeah. we don't even know what happens, right? So he definitely gave some concessions for them to make the show. But I think it's an oversimplification to be like, well, he should have finished the books. The dude's not might never finish the books. You know what I mean? And, he and then his never, ending will be way worse. You know what I mean? So we don't know. And yeah. I'm going to take as much time as I need. If anything, and if you want, if you want to go conspiracy theory, like internet conspiracy oh. theory, is that he oh. threw it? He threw the ending so that to bump the prices of or the sales of his book when he eventually puts them out. I mean, he knew uh, that, that he knew that. I don't, he, I don't know. Well, because he knew that they weren't going to come out with when the sh- he knew they were going to come out post show, right? Which means he wouldn't necessarily have the full weight of the like HBO marketing empire around the last books. But like, they're obviously going to do very well. But yeah, there okay, is, but there's the, okay. there's the theory that he tanked the show. I, no, this is this is conspiracy nonsense. Don't, don't look. <laughs> if you not- have a successful TV show and then yeah. you're going to write a book that has an ending, first of all, the book and the TV show aren't the same thing. There's no, complete sure. different storylines that aren't even mentioned in the TV show. First but, of all, but, what you're going to do is you're going to come out with a book three years from now, four years from now, and then HBO is going to have a reason to do a fucking marathon. They're going to promote the shit of it. They're going to send an email to all of their subscribers. They're going to promo the fuck out of it. They're going to go to TV providers and talk about why they're going to give a deal on Crave and HBO for a month like, or two so you can catch up. They're going to market the shit out of it. I don't think he would intentionally tank a property that he's known for. <laughs> Do you know the fire and sand thing? I think it's fire and sand. No. So George R. R. Martin legitimately like shoot wrote a uh, like an encyclopedic history of the Targaryen family. I believe it's called Fire and Sand. And his okay. publisher told him because it's like it's written like it's kind of like to go to Lord of the Rings. It's kind of like a Silmarillion deal. It's not a novel. It's a right. like it's it's a textbook about the Targaryens. It's just a right. wall of text about like who. Uh, was with who in the thousands of year history of the Targaryens. It's nothing. Right. His publisher, and this is this is not even conspiracy theory, his publisher pushed him to finish that book before finishing book six because they were like, no one will give a shit about an encyclopedia on the Targaryens if the show's not on television. So he okay. actually worked and published an encyclopedia on the Targaryens so it could come out whatever, Christmas 2018 or 2019 or whatever the heck it was. Like, sure. It was fire and blood. Fire and blood. I don't know. Yeah, fire, fire and, and blood. The the words of how that Star makes Gare more can. sense. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, he published, uh, a, like, how long is that thing? Look at the page count on that nonsense. We talked a little bit about it. We talked about Sansa and some favorite characters and whatever. But yeah, do you guys want to... It was, I think it was in arguably a good show with a, like, a flawed last few episodes. I think that's, like, I don't, like, at no point am I, I don't feel like it wasted my time. I'm not mad that I watched it. Like, I was mad that I watched Lost. Like, I was like, that's time mm-hmm. I don't get back. Mm-hmm. And I never felt that way about Game of Thrones. I was like, okay, yeah. it, the ending had some issues, but I was like, it's still a good show. And with a flawed ending, I think it's safe to say that it ranks somewhere in the probably, like, top ten shows ever. Yeah. Like, I think that's and all I, fair I, to say. I, I, I don't think you can talk about this era of television without bringing it up. Yeah, for well, sure. That, 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 that was, that's why I wanted to do this, because that's what was wild. We just had an ending of a decade here. Mm-hmm. And, like, there were, like, best of lists on the decade that completely just kept the show off it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Name me a sh- name me another show. I don't give a fuck about like whatever. That's like shouldn't go, you know, on BBC wait. that eleven people watch in their basement with their fucking moms. The whole world watched this show. How could you leave yeah. it off a of best of list? <coughs> you know, you know, care. Wayne Gretzky was the greatest hockey player of all time, but like he played for the St. Louis Blues at the end. There, kind of crap. Leave him out of the Hall of Fame. Well, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> How many? The amount, like I, I was talking. I, I think I even texted this to Lawrence at one point uh, during the Christmas break. I'm like, yo, the hate for Thrones is ridiculous. Like, if yeah. you're gonna name me ten shows from the 2010s that were great and none of them are Game of Thrones, I don't care about your opinion because right. you could not like the last season, but to erase the show's impact. Yeah, you're also wrong. I think. Like, yeah, I, like I think you know, culturally, yeah. It was very popular to hate Game of Thrones in 2019. I think that's, that's probably true. probably kind of killed the the wrapping up the decade lists and whatever. I feel that like people are just getting slagged on the comments, but I think it's one of those things that like without without a doubt, a couple of years from now, people are going to acknowledge. Like I said, flawed ending, great show. Like that's fair. I think it's fair. <laughs> Keith, give us your top five. Top five. Um... And I'm trying. I'm really trying to focus on the show. Uh, I dug Braun. Yeah, Braun. Braun was one of my favorites. I'm trying to. I'm trying to see if they're like weird, like other off characters. Obviously, like Tyrion is an easy pick, mm-hmm. but like gotta love, gotta give on Tyrion. I don't know. I don't want to like spoil the list. If you want to jump in at any time, other well, these other are your top picks. fives. Well, I know, but I'm just saying. But I'm like, if I just do five, and then you're like, also Tyrion, like, <laughs> okay. So I'm gonna give my five unspoiled. Okay, you have five. Okay. Number one, my favorite character. Uh, are they in order? Because I don't have an mine. Mine had no uh, order. I I can do mine in order. Okay. Well, but they I might not be like order. a top five list. Like, there's That's there's fine. the high okay. the high fidelity theory of top five lists is that all five are equal. That's right? weird. That's not yeah. how rankings or numbers work usually. Yeah, but in in the, the if you have like the number four album in the country, you're like ah, it's all the same between five and one. Like that's not. That's well, not right, but it, but it does take the pressure off of trying to come up with the number one. If you can say like these are my top five True. favorite albums, you know, True. like and then here's my number one favorite Game of Thrones fan. <laughs> <laughs> if you have it, if you have it, you can do it. I do have on, it, on and it's very clear, and it, it's been clear since the beginning of the show. Hit it. That from and leaving the books aside, just the show. 
my favorite character in the show is uh, Robert Baratheon, first of his name, king nice. of the Andals and the first men. Nice. Because he's the fucking best, and I wish we would have more time with him to see him, A, drinking and whoring himself into an early grave, mm-hmm. or his, like, incredible 15-year history as a crazy warrior that was just a side note, essentially, which is so yeah, just, just, just hanging out with Ned and uh, Ned Stark and John Aaron, just just overthrowing yeah. kings and partying. Just overthrowing kings and crushing people with warhammers. Exactly. Uh, my number my number two character, following that say, uh, same vein, uh, Sir Eddard of House Stark, uh, Hand to the King, Warden of the North, first of his name, yada, 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 because he was just such a fucking cool character, and he just really fulfilled that kind of action hero archetype, and I was really excited to see him go through the story, and when he died, it was such a shocking, weird moment that I haven't experienced in a TV show before. So that kind of set the tone and the playing field for the other seasons. So I think that he's like a very important character. Uh, number three, I'm going to go with the Hound, nice. just for quips and crushing people and calling people cunts and yelling about chickens. And that was just some of the most enjoyable moments of the show. Uh, number four, I'm going to go with Tormund Giantsbane, exclusively because he had one scene where he explained to Jon Snow how to fuck with an act out and uh, barking dog and seal noises. And that alone is fucking hilarious. And then uh, for the fifth spot, I'm going to give it to Sir Davos Seaworth for being everyone's dad. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Um, I was going to say, are are there any villains? Favorite villain of the show? Ooh, favorite villain of the show? I would have to go to Tywin. Really? I I don't know. Because as... I'd go Baelish. I I would like to I would like to I would like to point out that my girlfriend is angrily bust into the room and giving me a a, a, a shit kicking for not having any women on the list. Harsh and or no Tyrion. Uh that's that's fair. I'm cancelled now in my own house. Um, no. it was bound to happen. I think Tywin was the best villain. He was just compelling in a way that the others not necessarily weren't, but like he was more cunning than Cersei. He played the game more effectively. Ramsey was just a straight-up psychopath. It was very enjoyable to watch, but there was something different about when Tywin Lannister was on screen that you mm-hmm. like. You this guy was like in charge of fucking everything, right? So yeah, I like Baelish. I, I, I give props to Peter Baelish is probably on my top five too. Like, because also he was one of those one of those things when you're watching the show where the minute he enters a scene, you're like, shit's different now. <laughs> you know, like, right, yeah. like he had that, like, w- with without necessarily being a like a powerful like warrior or whatever, which was usually like how like dynamics shifted on that show was usually a badass walked in, but like yeah. Peter Baelish like would walk into a scene and you'd be like, oh, the scene is now taken on like a different complexion because yeah. Peter Baelish is here. Um, Chris, you have what else you got? Wow, that's some shit. And then <laughs> number one uh, for me is Tyrion. Uh, uh, number one, he was, number the most, one? he was the most screen grabber out of every character in that show. Um, nice. yeah. I put Jon Snow on there seriously because I love. I'm a sucker for the heroes. 
I love the uh, the the heroes who can't seem to do anything right. But Tyrion for me was the reason mm-hmm. that show for a short time, apparently, according to IndieWire, uh, <laughs> became a cult uh, fandom show was because he was such a such a a reason to watch every episode was, Oh, I wonder what happens with his character next week. So, and, and my final note on game of Thrones is that you're all spoiled and fuck on. Jeez. Wow. Wow. I was going to say, wow. That's the light note we wanted to end this podcast on. Wonderful. I was going to say to round out, uh, my list. Least favorite uh, character, maybe. I I was going to say, no, just, I only, I only did Bronn and Tyrion. I would yeah. give love to um, I like Brienne of Tarth, like, nice. and um, I all like I mean as I was we were talking about early in the episode I was like Sansa also definitely in terms of a character arc of someone who you go from it's a rare thing to go from disliking a character to like rooting for the character and and Sansa does is one of those rare instances where the first That's season fair. you're like you're like like shut your mouth. You stupid little girl. You just want to go and marry a king, and just like Arya's the cool one, and you're the waste of time. <laughs> you know, yeah. like you're, like that is very much your your opinion on the Starks girls and the first things. But then to watch her go through some shit and come out the side, I think her full show arc is probably one of the best in the entire show. That's um, and then a, I was like. A sh- and this is I would this is just the round out of top five because you guys have already said characters who I really enjoyed. Mm. A character sub character that I really enjoyed was um, Brendan Tully. If you don't know who Brendan Tully is, Blackfish. Google him. The Blackfish Black was probably one of my favorite supporting supporting characters in the show. If, if if we can give an honorable mention to like a very small bit from a character, mm-hmm. I would have to say Lady Mormont, the little kid. Who was also, like yeah. talking all these like old men lords and shit? She's like up in their grill and shit. I thought that was funny. Oh, and she crazy. had a great death too. We forgot she died as well for oh, the love Yeah, she got, she got, yeah, she got crushed. But that was fucking awesome. Yeah, exactly. Agreed. Lady Mormon um, also, yeah, big time. Who else? Uh, who? Uh, uh, what's his name? Stannis Baratheon. I, I, I know Steve Delane hated doing the show, but he was fucking great at it. Oh man! Like, you know he seemed like the only guy who wasn't screw- he, the only leader who didn't seem to be like screwing around. Like yeah. everyone else had like had like their own uh, like political machinations and like their own greed and their own whatever. Stannis was like, "I'm not even really into leading, but this is the right thing to do. So this is what we're doing." You know, yeah, like, and not to, and not to mention if if I don't lead, if I don't lead, the rest of the world's gonna fall apart. So I yeah, exactly. That's it. But anyway, I know this is cliche to say, but Chris, you should really read the books if you're a Stannis fan, because they they the, the Stannis in the book is like, oh, 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 uh, Stannis book Stannis is probably in one of my top five characters in the books, but in the show they did them dirty, so I'm not gonna comment. Characters, char- like, so not not, and this is a tragedy. In fact, um, I was genuinely bummed because the actor that played Ilan Payne passed away in, during filming, and Ilan oh, no. Payne. Yeah, Ellen Payne was the uh, he's in the first season, the guy with the like no tongue who's like he's the executioner. Ad- yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like equally badass to the hound. 
And as, as you know, when you read the book, it's Ilan Payne that trains up, um, that trains up Jamie when he loses his hand, not Braun, right? Yes. And, and the yes. reason they transferred all of that stuff over is because the actor, the actor actually passed away like yeah. between seasons. And that always bummed me out because I love that, that storyline with Jamie and Ilan Payne. And I also really dug the Ilan Payne actor. Like he, he did it. Cool. Yeah, he did what like character. What's the name of that of the Kingsguard guy who gets dismissed and then joins Danny? Yeah, the old man. Oh, not uh, starts starts with a B. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's, my Bar- brain was Barristan, like, Barristan Selmy. Barristan Selmy. Barristan yeah. Selmy. Also incredible in the books, and then just kind of got fucking dismissed in the show. Anyway, I, I would, we're, I would we're, say quite, same, we're trying to same. wind down, but I keep ramping up. I apologize. The same, I would say the same goes to Fuck. to Barrick Dondarrion. Variety, True. Variety True. has its sixteenth behind such great shows as. Um, Tell us, Chris. Uh, uh, fucking Enlightened. Who? What the fuck is Enlightened? I never even heard of it. Enlightened <laughs> number three. Number three on this list. Uh, Variety. The third. The Americans. Unmissable. The Americans. Who yeah. watches? Carrie who Russell. watches FX anymore? What is this? My mom. No, she doesn't. Nah. Uh, Fleabag. Fleabag. What are we talking about? What a joke. Thanks again for listening. Go plug yourself. As always, a big thank you to Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude for providing all of the original music for the show. We mentioned at the beginning of the show that we'd love for you to tell your friends about the show, and honestly, that's all you really need to do. But if you're feeling particularly generous, you can support the show financially and 9to5.cc in general by going to patreon.com slash 9to5cc. You can get early access to every episode of Go Plug Yourself and other perks too. Finally, if you or someone you know has a project they'd like to plug on the show, reach out to us and let us know. You can find us on Facebook by searching 9to5cc, and we're 9to5cc on Twitter also. If everything works out, you could be the next person to sit down with Walter and I and talk about horror movies or wrestling. And I mean, also the thing that you're trying to plug. 9to5.cc. Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.